This is an Ion Annapolis bonus podcast. Joining us on the phone today is Rear Admiral James McNeil, who is retired from the United States Navy, as well as Ta- as well as Scott Tomaszewski, who are the co-authors of a new book that is out, I believe is the only book about this, but it is the Herndon Climb, A History of the United States Naval Academy's Greatest Tradition. How are you guys doing today? Doing well. Very good. Thanks. Doing it, great. Thanks for having us on. We, we, we believe it is the only book. Uh, it's the only book we've ever seen uh, about the Herndon Climb. Well, I will say, I, I mean, I'll take you to task a little bit. I mean, it, it is a great tradition of the Naval Academy. I'm not sure who says it's the greatest. I mean, there's a number of good traditions there. So uh, that's our that's our opinion. That is that is our opinion for sure. A little, little bit of editorial license there. That's oh uh, yes, absolutely. absolutely for sure. Well, I mean, I you know between gosh, you just look at the traditions that surround the Naval Academy here in Annapolis. You know, the Army Navy game, the Ring Dance, the Eyeball, the Color Parades, the March on for football games. The Blue Angels. I mean, it just it just kind of goes on. Those are good. Yeah, those are good too. Um, as far as the football game, well, that's a Navy and Army tradition. This is this is strictly Navy. True. So absolutely. Another thing that another thing that I believe makes it great is its uniqueness. Plenty of other dances and uh, groups of stunt pilots and stuff in the world, but there is nothing in the world at any time that we ever came across that is anything like the Iron Climb. It is a magnificently unique. Uh, tradition. That's why we love it and think it's the greatest. Well, what, what was the genesis of of the book? I mean, we know that we don't believe there's another book written about it, which is very surprising considering it's been climbed for decades and decades. But what was the genesis? I guess I can take that one. I think it, it was it was my idea basically. Um, uh, back in 2016, I happened to be watching uh, ESPN Sports Center. And uh, it was in May, and they have a segment, I don't know if you know Sports Center, but they, they have um, what they call the top 10 plays of the week, where they show a little video on just a variety of interesting little bits. It isn't, you know, it's maybe a great, a great basket that was made or a great play that was made in a Little League game or something, a bowling tournament or something, just anything sports-related. And uh, they did a little, like a 10-second segment with video on the Herndon Climb. And I, I saw, oh, wow, the, the Naval Academy, uh, the Herndon Climb. Huh, that looks really interesting. So I, I, I emailed uh, the admiral there and uh, asked him um, in the email. I said, I just heard about this thing called the Herndon Climb. Have, have you ever heard of it? <laughs> Uh, which but blissfully <laughs> ignorant turns out to be turns out to be a little bit naive, but <laughs> hey, you live in Miller, and I didn't I didn't know anything about it, and uh, yeah, he, it turns out that uh, everybody knows about the Herndon Climb, of course, and uh, and and Jimmy said it was the second proudest moment of my life. Wow, uh, next to graduate next to graduation, and he's done a lot of things to you know that he should be proud of in his life, and. Uh, when I heard that, I thought we can come up with some really good stories. Uh, I'm a writer of fiction, and he's a guy with all the connections uh, at the Academy, and he's done a little writing, too, and I thought it would be a great project for us to work on. Sometime in the future, I said, you know, sometime after you're retired, I'm going to bug you about let's let's work on a book together about the Herndon Climb. And then he said, let's get started like now. <laughs> and I realized, oh, God, Ed. Now it's getting Naval real. Admirals don't procrastinate. <laughs> I procrastinate. <laughs> well, how how did you guys get together? I mean, I mean, what did you just go to the yellow pages and look for an admiral and say, "Hey, you know, have you heard of that?" Or no, climb? not at all. Not at all. You want to take that one, Jimmy? Yeah. So, uh, no, we're we've 
have been friends since uh, junior high school. Oh, wow. Uh, we met each other in seventh grade and uh, became friends, uh, you know, over the course of that of that three years and then uh, went on to high school together. And we actually were on the same uh, newspaper staff uh, along with kind of our group of friends and have just been friends, uh, you know, literally 40 years and have just, uh, you know, maintained contact and uh, just have, have have just been, you know, really, really good friends for a long time and so when when he called me to do this and he left kind of one thing i left out my perspective and my perspective was it seemed like a lot of work and i was right and (laughs) my my big thing was i just i didn't know there was not a book i thought scott had had stumbled onto an idea but i said look i don't want to do the 17th book about the herndon climb and what got me excited about it was when I did do a little bit of research while he was while he was telling me his idea, and I did realize there was no book. And I thought, wow, this could really be something unique uh, to work on something that's really never been done before. I will say that, uh, Admiral McNeil, that you, I mean, you're you're an admiral, retired from the United States Navy, and this climb. And for those few people that are listening to this that may not know what it is, I mean, it is a uh, obelisk that's on the yard or the campus of the Na- United States Naval Academy that is slathered in most years, anyhow, slathered in lard or some sort of grease. And the mm-hmm. freshman class climbs it and tries to replace a Dixie cup cover on the top to a um, a true cover. And it's quite a spectacle. And probably, you know, when you see it on ESPN, it's you're, you're like scratching your head going, OK, why are you know. These, you know, half naked people, all just a, just a mass of riding people <laughs> climbing up this thing. But out of everything that you've experienced, both when you were in the fleet as far as graduation and everything through the academy, why why does Herndon stand out as the most proud moment for you? Second proudest. Well, it was uh, a great question. And for, for me, uh, it was something that I did with a group of people. So really it wasn't about me. I'm I. I was at the bottom of the climb. I was uh, the base, if you want to use a cheer analogy. Uh, so I was being stood upon, and uh, but but it was something that was that I was doing with my class. And and as I as I talk about in the book in the last chapter about some of my experiences during plebe year, uh, I there was a, a certain individual from the class of '83 who uh, made sure that I had a a very uh, very interesting plebe year. <laughs> and uh, I ended up uh, surviving. And so when we got to Herndon and I realized that I had kind of made it, I was I was relieved. I was happy. But but I was just proud that this this group of, of men and women, this thousand eleven hundred of us that had started uh, that plebe year were now finishing plebe year. And we had taken everything that had been thrown at us and, and we had not only survived, but, but we had done well. And it was just a, an overwhelm when the, when the Dixie cup got taken off and KJ Delamer put the, put the combination cover on and plea beer was over. It was just such a, a tremendous feeling of, of, of just relief and pride and happiness that we had gotten through this experience, but it wasn't together. It was, we had done it together. And that was what was so meaningful. It wasn't an individual accomplishment. It was a group accomplishment with a really phenomenal group of people that are, are lifelong friends. And if I meet someone from my class who I maybe didn't even know at school and I met them tomorrow, I would have an instant bond with them. And that's what's so 
fantastic about the Naval Academy is the friendships that you make. Absolutely. I can, I can sort of confirm that uh, part of that. Um, being a civilian myself, I, I didn't really participate in it, but having been there and watched the climb and talked to people who were doing it and, and having talked to a number of people who, who did it over the years, the it always comes back to that uh, the difficulty, the, the almost brutality of of plebeier, and the 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 sense of relief that uh, that they get when they're done. And in that moment, one moment, you know, almost like the clock striking midnight. As soon as that uh, combo cover gets to the top of the monument, it is over, over for good, and you successfully completed it. Uh, that horrible, horrible plebe year that you will always remember uh, and have um, very some very unhappy memories of, but it become the memories become fond over the years with, with the pride uh, that comes with having accomplished something so difficult. You know, it's funny you talk about it just being a team working together and everything else. And one thing that stood out when I was reading the book, and again, we're talking about the Herndon Climb, a history of the United States Naval Academy's greatest tradition. Um, you can get, actually get that on Amazon locally here. You can get it at Old Fox Books, Back Creek Books. Uh, I'm not sure about Barnes & Noble, but you can get it at the Naval Institute Press, which published it at usni.org. But one of the things that really stood out for me in the book was, and I don't know whether animosity is the right word, but the the sexism, the misogyny that, that went on during the climb. And, and that was something that sort of evolved as you were writing that book, right? And I know you're, I, I should say that Admiral McNeil's wife is also a graduate of the class of 86 as well at the Naval Academy, right? Yeah, that's right. Who, who graduated higher? <laughs> oh, she, she, well, grade point average wise, uh, neither one of us set the world on fire. She passed me Grade point average wise, right at the end, right in our right, right at graduation. But from a military order of merit, she was way higher than me. So she was <laughs> she had a much more successful midshipman career than I did. The words of a wise man who has learned many lessons, <laughs> it sounds like to me. <laughs> Give his wife credit, but he's got a lot of a lot of explaining there behind that. You but, know, <laughs> who graduated higher? Well. well. Yeah, but you, but, <laughs> but the animosity that was there that I mean, women had been in the academy for a, about a decade, a little bit less than a decade, I guess, when you had graduated. I mean, didn't they work that hadn't they worked that out in the, in the prior 10 years or was it just really that bad? Well, it wasn't. So my wife's uh, class, our class was the seventh class that had women. So it was still relatively new, and the academy seemed to not really understand what being a woman at the Naval Academy was about. Uh, there was a exhibit at the museum for the 40th anniversary, and my wife and I went to it, and it showed some of the some of the things that the academy did. And my wife was yes, there was so many things that you know they gave us men, you know the the men something for a man for us to use, and they realized that we were women. There were lots of examples of that, but from a cultural perspective, there were lots of of my classmates and and other you know men from other classes who just for whatever reason, and I never understood it, uh, never did not want women at the, at their school. So where I really became aware of it, and I certainly knew that at the time, but when I went went to talk to my wife or mention, hey, Scott and I, uh, you know, are talking about doing this book about Herndon, isn't it great, you know, wasn't that a great day? I got a very lukewarm response from her. 
later on, she mentioned, uh, you know, I said, hey, how come you're not excited? And she said Herndon to her was just another example of negative treatment that the women got. And then it dawned on me. That's right. I remember the girls being pulled down as they tried to climb up. I remember the no girls on Herndon. I, and, and it all kind of came back. And what was interesting as we went through the book, we, we had a we had an idea of what we wanted to do. And we had you know, we had submitted a proposal with chapters and such. And we didn't realize how the women chapter would roll out. And when I was soliciting information for, hey, let's hear your stories, because I got a lot of support from grads of and, and some of the stories in the book we didn't even know about before the you know, before we wrote it. I got a, about six to eight emails from women in my wife's uh, age range who said, we have st- a story to tell. Are you going to tell the true story? Or are you going to tell the Academy version that sanitized that makes the Academy look good? Or are you going to tell what really happened? And I said, no, we're going to tell what really happened. And that's where we got uh, so many uh, stories from these women who, you know, as you can read in the book, we're, we're not treated well. In fact, we have our 35th reunion coming up. We had 64 women in our class graduate out of 100 that showed up roughly. And I was on a, I'm on the reunion committee and there one of the women, uh, one of my classmates was saying, was talking about the fact that we have women in our class today who have not set foot on the academy and will not set foot on the academy for the rest of their lives uh, since graduation because of what they went through at the, at the Naval Academy. So instead of being such a proud moment and, and all that, for them, it was a bit of uh, trauma. And it, it's sad, uh, but I think the good news is, and Scott can attest to this, having you know seen, what, two in a row, the last two climbs, we didn't see any evidence of girls being pulled down. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I think it's it's it just took a generation or so for women to be accepted. And now that I'm there a lot as a coach and as, as a professor, the women are fully integrated. Uh, and, and really when we tell some of the stories or my wife tells some of the stories to the, some of the female midshipmen that we run across that they, they can't believe it to, to them. It's a fo- totally foreign experience. So mm-hmm. it, it's gotten a lot better, but at the time it was not. That's good. great. That's great news. What's your prediction? When are we going to see a, a, a female midshipman up top? I thought it came close. Obviously, last last year they did not do it, but the year prior, I thought that was very close. There was one one female that was just really into it, and I yeah, thought that for close. sure she was going to get there. Actually, in the very first uh, climb, women were in, uh, as we talk about in the book. Uh, in the book, uh, Barbara Ives, who uh, who Jimmy interviewed for us, um, she got to the top and got her hand on uh, on the the Dixie cup, which had apparently been torn into pieces and sort of glued down. Uh, and she tumbled down. They, they, the men were definitely trying to pull her down, but she was so, uh, uh, she could climb like a, like a spider monkey. And she got up there and, uh, just kind of avoided the hands that were trying to pull her down, made it to the top. And then when she, she finally came, she fell back down uh, and somebody else got the cover on top. So uh, been, there have been a lot of close calls. That does seem like a matter of, wow, it could happen any time. I'd hate to predict when it's going to happen, but it's going to happen one of these years for sure, for sure. Well, it is. I've, I've always think that I, I've seen this probably 12, 12 or 13 times. Uh, the last ones, obviously, they didn't have it in 2020. But I've got to think there's got to be a better method 
to doing this than what's done there. Didn't graduate from the academy. I've never participated in it, but uh, it's hysterical to sit there and just it's just this mass of people trying to and it and it really appears to be every man for himself. And you say you know pulling the women down. I mean, I think it's like okay, well no, I'll pull whoever's in, on top of me down uh, because I want to get down there. It seems almost as uh, as you do that, but. You know, and and I guess, uh, you know, it's so good to hear that the Academy has changed. Now, did they push back at you when you told the true story in the Herndon Klein book? Uh, No, we have not gotten any sort of uh, feedback. Uh, I don't know what they could have pushed back on. And and I think the thing that really the the women and, you know, if we don't have my wife on the podcast, but I think she would say she certainly understood the that, you know, the classmates and there was resistance to the women. I think she perhaps in a very small thing percentage would say, well, you know, they were kids, but I think what really disappoints the women is that the leadership at the Academy at the time and the administration and the staff didn't do anything about it. You know, it's kind of like they were the adults, right? So what, why, when they saw girls being pulled down did they they not do anything. And there were lots of instances of that where the women weren't, weren't treated very well and the administration, the staff, who really didn't do anything about it. I think that's what disappoints them. But we have not gotten any feedback uh, from the academy, and you know, from we've really the all the feedback we, that I've received and Scott has received has been very, very positive. So, but was it a, was it a hassle to get this book written? And uh, I, I don't know whether you need approval from the Navy or the Naval Academy. Was it a hassle to get the permission to? access the people that, you know, the, the midshipmen that were on the yard as well as, you know, be there and everything else. Was that a problem or were they all for it? Were, were we supposed to get permission? <laughs> <laughs> that whole, that whole, that whole ask permission or beg forgiveness. <laughs> people did, yeah. people did just come out of the woodwork really wanting to talk to us and, and, and tell us, um, tell us their stories. And, and, and when, uh, when, when Admiral McNeil reached out to any particular person, um, the response is always like, sure, I'd, I'd love to participate, you know, and be in the book. And, and everybody was just very cooperative. And, and that that part of it was very easy. Um, it was a very easy book to write in that regard, I think. Um, well, and, and the last the the last climb, the 2019 climb was the last climb of Admiral Carter, who was the superintendent at the time. And we interviewed him and also we interviewed the officer in charge of the climb itself. And they were both really great and and admiral carter was if you've seen the book was was kind enough to to be one of the endorsers of it and he's since moved on to be the president of nebraska the nebraska university system but so i wouldn't say we won't say we went rogue and didn't get permission uh you know we talked to a lot of people but uh you know we 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 did talk to people at the academy they were certainly aware that we were doing it and uh you know, I don't think there was any issues there. Well, I'll tell you, as we wrap up again, we are on the phone with retired Rear Admiral James McNeil and Scott Tomaszewski, who've been friends since seventh grade. Together, came together and wrote a book called The Herndon Climb, A History of the United States Naval Academy's Greatest Tradition. And The Herndon Climb actually is going to be happening again this year, and I'm very excited about that. That's going to be on the 22nd. And uh, I can't wait to get in there and see how they're going to handle that in the uh, era of COVID, as well as the whole, actually, the whole graduation week that's coming up there. Uh, I know that uh, Admiral Buck is determined to make sure that we have a uh, an in-person graduation and it be as normal as possible in this kind of weird world that we're living in at this point. Jim, you, you were born in Hawaii, right? And you were raised in Southern California? 
Yes. And now you're living here on the East Coast. Where do you where do you like best? We'll put you on the spot. Well, I think that I my family is from California originally. My my parents uh, my parents actually met in junior high school and uh, graduate high school together and high school sweethearts and in in a town called Vista, which is uh, north of San Diego. So I, I would always prefer uh, California. That's that's what I consider home. My wife, uh, the reason we moved back here in 2018 is my wife got her Ph.D. and was hired as a professor at Towson University. So we moved back to the East Coast about three years ago, and she's from Pennsylvania originally. So she did a long amount of time, over 30 years in San Diego, where we raised our, had our kids, raised our kids. Uh, but she always has considered herself an East Coast person. And she loves the change of seasons and uh, she just she's just an East Coast person. So uh, when she got this job at Towson, it was an easy sell to me. Uh, yes, it's the East Coast, but uh, being in close proximity to the Naval Academy and being able to be involved as we've been involved, we're sponsor a bunch of men, some, you know, the coaching and the teaching that I've done and and just, you know, being able to go to football games and, and all that. So uh, I'm not sure I would be as upbeat about it if it was somewhere where we had never been but we feel very fortunate that she's landed a great position and i get to do what i want uh i'm kind of semi-retired so i get to do what i want uh when i want and, and a lot of it involves enable academy that's fantastic scott what, are, what other types of books do you write um i've written three books in um a series it's a fiction series uh some time travel fantasy stuff about a family of time travelers it's called uh, Time Defenders. There's three books in that series, and you can look at the website, timedefenders.com. Fantastic. Well, I'll make sure I will put that in the show notes there so people can check that out as well. Um, again, well, I'll tell you, as we wrap up, I've got one final question or a comment for Jim, and I'll see if you can get the right answer on this one. I think you might be able to. But um, what needs to happen on December 11th at MetLife Stadium? Beat Army. There you go. Okay, that is the Army Navy even, game. Even I, even I knew that one. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that slogan pretty often. That beat Army. A lot of people seem to go around saying that. Um, that's that's funny. Well, that's uh, again as opposed to the game that they had last year. I'm I'm excited to again see this back in a, in a stadium, and hopefully we'll have control of the pandemic to be able to be able to have a full stadium there and watch that on the uh, gosh 20th anniversary 20th anniversary of 9/11. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Actually, Navy is hosting Air Force on the actual on the 11th, on September right. 11th. Right. That's uh, going to be a crazy be, weekend. Yeah, it is going to be a crazy weekend. And it's going to be, uh, you know, a lot, you know, very emotional. You know, 14 Naval Academy grads uh, were killed on 9-11, uh, either in the Pentagon, where one of our, one of my wife's company mates uh, was killed that day, Commander Bill hmm. Donovan. Uh, some were piloting the airplane. Some were, uh, uh, there was a reserve admiral who was a, a passenger on, on one of the airplanes, him and his wife. So, you know, 9-11, you know, we've lost a lot of Naval Academy graduates in the subsequent conflicts after that. But but on that specific day, we lost 14, 14 uh, graduates that day. So it's a it'll be a very poignant uh, anniversary that day against Air Force. So beat Army, but then beat Air Force. That's well. true. But and the one thing I do love about whatever service academy you're competing against in whatever way it would be is that, you know, in the end, you know, you're all, all on the same team. I had a great, my father was in World War II. He was a Marine uh, down in the Pacific. And I ended up, uh, had the chance to meet Woody, and I'm drawing a blank on his last name, who is the oldest living Medal of Honor recipient. 
And he, he was so funny. I was talking to him about my dad and stuff like that. He says, oh, my gosh, those guys got the shit beat out of them. I said, you know, and, and everything else. And he says, he says, what what was he in? I said, oh, he was in the Marines. He says, oh, thank God. I thought you were going to say he was the Army. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> was, you know, so here's this guy that's, you know, almost he was almost 90, I guess, at the time when I when I spoke to him. And he said, yeah, no, he was uh, he said, oh, my God, thank God. I thought you were going to say he was in the Army. He said, at least he's a jarhead. We're good. Um, but, hey, I want to thank you guys very much for your time. I do encourage everybody to – I would encourage you to go to the yard and see the Herndon Climb, but unfortunately it's going to be closed to the public this year. Um, but if you ever get the chance to take a day off when the Naval Academy is in their commissioning week or their graduation week, this is something that you may see a clip of as ta- as Scott did on ESPN at some point, but it doesn't do justice. And I think you can probably you know, confirm that to be yes, in there absolutely. in person – to see yeah, and you need to get there early too to get a good spot people start lining up as soon as the academy gates open at uh, six o'clock they they come with their lawn chairs and they're uh, they seize those good spots it gets pretty crowded so it it really does it's, and it's, it is quite a spectacle it's it's it's, un, it's unbelievable and uh the herndon climb a history of the united states naval academy's greatest traditions available again at amazon here locally at old fox books and back creek books uh, or you can get it at usni.org which is the united states naval institute press which is the publisher of that and we are speaking with authors rear admiral james mcneil and scott tomaszewski thank you guys very much for your time today thank you thanks john. so much john appreciate it This has been a bonus podcast from Ion Annapolis. Please visit us at ionannapolis.net. Follow us on Facebook at All Annapolis and on Twitter at Ion Annapolis. And if you haven't subscribed to the Daily News Brief podcast, go for it. And all of your local news will be delivered to your phone, tablet, or smart device by 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday.